cool. <laughs> hey, back on another one, Dr. Zero Trust Show. Got Jerry Kennedy here. Uh, we're going to talk about some topics that I think need to be forefront for most people. Jerry, if you don't mind, would you give folks a you know background on who you are and why they should uh, listen to what you have to say? Well, my name is Jerry Kennedy. I've got 35 years in the insurance business. I've built brokerages. I've been a national accounts underwriter in the insurance industry. Um, I've written the policy, sold the policies, built the policies. So uh, pretty uh, in-depth background. Working so you, know, that. you know the insurance industry very well is a fair statement. Yes, that'd be accurate. <laughs> so, okay, well, I, I want to ask a, a flat direct question because people ping me on this all the time. I think that cyber insurance is a very, uh, I don't know, shenanigan sort of environment. And I don't find it to be providing a lot of value to people. Is that a fair statement or am I way off base? Yeah, you're off base. It's what it was. Uh, there were, the impetus of cyber insurance uh, was done, you know, to make money um, as an opportunity. Put assets at risk for profit is the job of any underwriting in place. So um they cobbled together i wrote a paper about it about the conundrum of, of cyber insurance and how we got here you can go onto my linkedin and grab that it's uh it's about the silent non-affirmative issues that are that are that are happening right now and what's what's the big issue right now is cyber is it morphed into something that they never intended it was predominantly it driven ransomware became a, a phenomenon denial of service tax they could they could manage those, but they never expected the scale and the shift. The Stuxnet 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 event, <laughs> sorry about that, was was a gating issue because that was the first time operational technologies came into play, and they never contemplated that. And the world has actually kept saying cyber insurance and cyber insurance. It's 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 ubiquitous. It's well past what you the the vernacular has with Wall Street and everybody else and boards of directors and the frailties of cyber insurance there are other vectors for insurance to apply and specifically kinetic events which you just saw the gas event in russia yesterday where it just you know blew up well if that happened here then suing loss or concurrent causality as we call in the insurance industry would be covered but it wouldn't be covered under cyber insurance it'd be covered under property insurance life insurance disability insurance health insurance general liability insurance all kinds of things product insurance product liability insurance contractual liabilities the problem with cyber itself, it no one's ever defined it. It actually doesn't mean anything. So it's about naming the perils which the industry has failed miserably at. They have not inventoried any of the losses. They aggregate losses and workers' compensation for the last 100 years under NCCI, where they've categorized <coughs> losses for every knee injury, every grandmother that slipped on a grape in a, in a supermarket. <coughs> it's all codified it's done actuarially but they never did this for cyber everybody's been clamoring for reporting well we're the reporting industry this is what we do why didn't we do it in cyber so when you talk about cyber what's wrong with it um we started off on the wrong foot we're on the wrong foot and they didn't understand what they got to what they should have done is taking care of their contracts of adhesion which is your insurance policy to address those issues now they're putting patches much like microsoft puts on patches if you got a a pair of jeans it's a bad pair of jeans you got a hole in it and has a patch well you has a holy pair of jeans with a patch on it it's not a new pair of jeans so we really have a foundational issue that's happening here and it's now evolved into even bigger issues i'll give you an example i'll just use one line of business automobile if your car got hacked are you gonna are you gonna drive it i mean if i know that it's hacked i won't but if i don't probably so 
Okay, you know it's hacked. So yesterday there were uh, cars in Chicago at O'Hare that were stolen. I know for a fact they were stolen because of decoders. That decoder moves ones and zeros into the CAN bus to open the car. But what else did they do? The, the people that stole the cars did not develop the decoders. They don't have the capabilities. They were they 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 would otherwise they wouldn't have gotten caught, would they? So this is getting to be really really scary. So the theft of a vehicle has elevated into a cyber theft, but it's not a cyber theft. That's a cyber total loss. You're not going to drive that car anymore. Because of the you fact see. that the the key, you're so, so you're saying from the insurance perspective, or from, I guess, the logical perspective, don't drive the car because someone compromised the key to get into the car. Therefore, the car is hacked, which is a potential the key, life. The, the key is just a threat vector that got okay. confirmed. Okay. It can, yep. That was a cyber hack. Do we agree on that? Sure. Okay. So there's 15 points of industry that I know about, plus three IP addresses on the truck that's in front of me right now. Plus, we have over-the-air exposures. Kia just got hacked. We know it because we just filed a claim against them for an auto dealer to recover the money due to the losses. They can't hide this anymore. It's it's the insurance industry. Literally, we hold all the keys. Okay. If I don't, but you also hold you, all the data too, right? So I mean, you guys well, are like we, the rabbits. We, we, you guys are the rabbits watching the grass grow. Yeah, but we, you know what? But we don't know to eat it. So. So, yes, we are. We did it on every other line of business. We do it on property losses. We've built cities. That's what we call it, the cyber hurricane. That was, that was an homage to something we know. So we rebuild cities. That's what we do. And we're darn good at it. Ask anyone in North Jersey. Maybe every claim didn't go good, but the aggregate, we're operational again after uh, Hurricane Sandy or Katrina. We work with governments all the time. Do we just, I, I said, do we have a traumatic brain injury in the last 10, 20 years somewhere that we forgot how to, to stay to our basic rules? So what, what you're seeing is the degradation in the faith of the contract of adhesion. The contract of adhesion is your insurance policy. We're advocating managed risk solutions, or we have coined the term and we're doing this, insurance as a service. So we're looking at managed risk solutions as the transference of risk. So cyber is going to require you know, a village in a way, a village of people like you, of people like um, you know, the, the big dogs. But there's a lot of garage bands out there that haven't been heard on the radio yet, metaphorically, that are a lot better than the ones that you're seeing, and we're finding them. So, the, okay, go ahead. The cyber people that are out there, there's a lot of products that can't get to market. The insurance company is playing big, what they call insure tech. They're wasting their time. They're still basics of insurance. You don't know where you're going unless you know where you are. The insurance companies never inventory their liabilities or what they call PMLs, possible maximum losses. And that's how we rate our insurance. So currently the insurance industry has unfunded covered losses. They never funded for cyber auto losses and or theft of cars that way. They should have, shouldn't they? And then they would be able to cover you. But now but then, you have the the, the okay. number of car the number of cars are stolen on this situation was not two or three. I can't give you the total numbers. I know what they are, but I, I they're they're extensive. And it's one OEM. It's one OEM. Right. So I mean, a stolen car, like I I totally get how that's a pretty you know sort of definable thing. But I mean, you and I have talked before these these other issues of if I buy a cyber insurance policy and someone takes out, I don't know, something that I'm responsible for, like you said, a pipeline or whatever else or blah, blah, blah. Like there's these weird clauses and things that are written into the policies where the insurer can just go, oops, it's the war clause. Like, fuck you. Um, that's your problem. Right. Well, the war exclusion is, 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 was used. Everybody knows on the Merck claim. It's waiting to be heard on the Mondelez claim. Okay. 
that was a massive field. We at Observatory predicted that. We knew they were going to do that. Actually, ERMI, the, the, one of the uh, uh, educational bodies in the insurance industry, their editor actually posted about this about two years ago. He warned them. We have been here before. before. It was during 9-11. The very people who actually invoked the war clause, the very company, the very people, back on 9-11 said they'd never do it. Look it up. Yeah. So, I mean, then... And now you're because I think you made a really good point, right? That the the actuarial tables, the data, the stuff that you would use as an insurer or person, you know, or organization writing these policies to define what the risk is. I mean, you're even saying that it still is not well understood, and it still is a lot of Kentucky windage for people writing these policies, right? I like the reference of Kentucky windage, but the, I mean, they're, they're, but and they're shooting with a non-rifled barrel; they never shoot straight. Yeah. So, right. so what what they have, Chase, is um, they they're very smart people, and the people in the insurance industry can do this. What happened was they 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 reached out and they cobbled together certain coverages, and they got them approved. They have to have regulatory approval in order to sell these. You understand? It's called a filing. The people who are doing the 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 underwriting, the the rating, the they're taking the filings. None of them were IT or OT people. They didn't know what they were talking about. So if you think about it, if you put if what they made was an insurance donkey, they didn't know what they were doing. So why'd they do it? And then on top of it, as the world has seen, we funded our own losses. We paid the ransoms without any chance of the rights of recovery, better known as subrogation. You don't even get into insurance unless you can get, get you can recover it. There was zero chance of it. Yeah. So the it's, insurer, it, the insurer and, and, is losing too. Well, what makes things legal has to be in the public good. How is paying ransom to effectively terrorists or proxy nation state people in the public good? So that comes into the realm of illegal. That's what defines illegal things. So then are insurers breaking the law by paying the ransom? They could be, or could they be complicitory? That's to be determined. I'm not a, I'm not a judge. I'm not a court. That's Supreme Court to do it. Or the Hague or whoever else one of the bells have been talking about it. Yeah. But I do know this, the hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars were paid in ransom by insurance carriers. And where did that money go? What was it used for? The, bad, do the stuff. bad stuff. <laughs> well, we yeah. got some pretty stuff, bad stuff in the world, and that's propagated more losses. Not only that, but what happens, you created ransom as a service in the present by paying the ransoms. You educated people. You created an entire economy of people who were never going to go into ransom, but all of a sudden it became lucrative and you're never going to get caught. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 16 I mean, year old though, kid, six, this, these are GDP numbers. You know that, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, it's the third largest economy on the planet, essentially, if you tie it together and actually look at the numbers. And, and what are the first, first two? U.S. and China. No, no, no. Banking and insurance. There's ah, $88, okay. $88 trillion in, in the world GDP, 88.8 in 2019. We are $7 trillion of it. We're 10% of it. Hmm. Okay, well then, then where I mean, where like as a person, like I'm a small business, I have my own LLC or whatever. Why would I buy a cyber insurance policy when I know that it is it's it's Kentucky windage? The rabbits are watching the grass grow. It's not a well understood thing, and we're we're potentially funding you know malicious activities by the very nature of what we're doing. Like I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around because I advise a lot of people on this, like why they should buy a policy or not. I, I, I don't have a good answer right now. 
Well, all right. Let me let me back up. Let me define insurance for you. Does you as a layperson, you think insurance is a policy, don't you? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. It's transference of risk. That's what insurance okay. is. The deductible that's in your the deductible on your car for five hundred thousand dollars is a transference yep. of risk to your wallet. Okay, that's that's called self insurance, form of insurance. Now, because insurance as a service, as we've coined over an observatory and we are executing on, is that the transference of the money that you're currently spending on cyber insurance, which you are suspect about, has to be defined on the perils, not cyber. Cyber doesn't mean anything, Chase. You can't sure. give me a definition. No one has. And I've talked to some of the biggest people in cyber around the world. They all go, hmm. Eh, yeah, so, right. so if you assess your risk, okay, OT, all right, operational technologies, PLCs. What does that gray box do that moves that line that moves, you know, beer? There's a there was a hack out at a beer company, in California, that moves it at four feet per second. Okay. You change it to five feet per second, you ruined all that beer. You're gonna break the machine, probably. Yeah. You that's what's happening. So you have to assess your risk. So what does that PLC do? That's called a statement of values. We already do that in property insurance. So you give me a list of houses and cars and buildings at some big real estate firms, we list it. We aggregate it, and this is what it is. This is the exposure. Okay, here's your PML. We're going to lose one building possibly, and it could be $7 million. That's how we do it. But the insurance industry, again, lost its role. Where is their statement of PMLs, which is what we're doing, by the way? They don't even know how to financially assess true risk for cyber at a financial level. We do. We're doing it right now. Well, then, okay, but the I mean, the other thing, too, right, is that – if it's my car or my house, you're able to say, you know, you live in this area, hurricanes are likely to come by or whatever. Right, if it's right, my truck, yeah. you can say it's got, you know, anti-theft and, and freaking airbags and whatever. Or, cyber, a, tree, or a tree falls in or a deer jumps out. Right. No cyber thing. is just like, uh, I don't know. And then these companies too are not, they're not, because I bought a cyber insurance policy because I had to have one for a contract for my LLC. They didn't validate that I had anything. They just said, here's what it's going to cost you and here's what we cover, which I knew was, you know, horseshit. And then I had to buy the policy because the contract wouldn't be awarded without the policy. So like there and and I, I mean, I, I was doing a project with a really major insurance provider and they flat said, like, we don't even have a way to validate the controls are in place for the policy we're issuing. Isn't that a giant problem? Well, when you look at insurance carriers, the very largest insurance carrier in the world had a $40 million hack, and they're purported to be cyber experts, and they got hacked for $40 million. Sure. Yeah, you got a problem. The people who wrote your policy are not cyber people. They're not the actuaries that affirmed it, the regulators that approve it. It doesn't go past anything without regulation. Absolutely have no clue. By regulation, you mean law? Law and regulation are two different things. Okay. So regulator, the the National Association of Insurance Commissioners. Okay, that's there's 53, 54 of them, including American Small, Puerto Rico, et cetera. Okay, each one of those people have a cyber liability because the systemic risk, the systemic risk of cyber is not contemplated in the rates of the entire insurance industry, including life insurance and health insurance. Because systemic risk can go kinetic, Bhopal, India can happen. Do the math. So that then, gas who, that gas, so what? I was going to say. So then, who's holding the bag for this stuff when it is so, like, I mean, when it is so, just kind of all over the place? It, I mean, the regulators. Well, well, the, well, you, you just you just went through it with COVID. Yeah. So if the vestiges of oh my god, we can't we we can't afford to pay this loss, you deny the coverage. That's why you saw the war loss. 
That's why they did it. They didn't. They weren't right. They knew they were right, but they're going to fight it and try and try and be right. Well, they lost. But the operation of filing that that war exclusion has degraded the faith in the contracts in the aggregate. That's why you're stating what you're saying. You're calling it whatever adjective you would like to call Horseshit. it. Horseshit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but it's not because what happens was done wrong. It's like they have to actually admit they were wrong to go forward, don't they? Sure. And here's what I'm going to tell the whole world. You can kiss full indemnity goodbye. It's never going to happen. Every board of directors knows this is a problem. They buy cyber insurance so they don't have to deal with it. Now you got to deal with it because now when something goes kinetic, not only their personal personal life, uh, assets are at risk, but their personal freedom is at risk as well. If these companies look, 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 do we do? We just saw that uh, that company, OKT, I don't know how to pronounce it. Octa. The CEO, they were just on CBS admitting they just flat out lied. Yeah. They never, disclosure is the key to all of this. Disclosure is information. We know how to write algorithms. We're really good at it. We've been doing this analog for uh, 334 years. We're pretty good at it. There's no aggregation of the data. What, what, what kind of thing is? You're clearly seeing, and you're smart, Chase, a lot of these current events that are happening, hacks, are old hacks that are being reconstituted. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so, well, if you got hacked three years ago on that, you'd, you would know how to put an early warning system to your customers. You would be able to put that as a business rule on your application. Did you affect this risk? But they're not well, doing that. I mean, if if the insurance thing, if if I'm driving a car and I wreck it three times and every time I wreck it because I never look to my left, eventually the insurance company would go, we're not insuring you anymore because you're, you know, an idiot and you don't know how to drive. But in cyber or or or, or I just say if I'm being literal here, yeah. or I'm not going to I'm not going to show your left turns. <laughs> OK, I'm, I'm being but you're but in cyber, you can get that detail. You, they never named the perils they're covering. Mm -hmm. There are so many perils, and they evolve. All, all you got to do is go to, you know, Symantec caught, found out the Stuxnet. God bless them, right? There is no exclusion for operational technologies in any policy. None. Zero. They have a lot of cyber exclusions, but the definition of cyber, the whole world knows, doesn't mean shit, which means you're going to court against your insurance company that you paid in good faith. This is what you're alluding to. Coverage that you thought you had. Well, when you have assumption of coverage... In the aggregate against the, the the whole world, you start the whole. These people are putting the insurance industry at risk. Now let's talk about the brokers. I am one. I'm caught in the middle. I'm selling you a policy in good faith. I really am. We started questioning it, so we're telling people to file a reservation of rights to their carriers. And hey, wait a minute, don't pull this crap on me. This don't feel good. I expect my coverage to apply in a cyber event. I had to file my own claim against my own ENO carrier. They won't even answer me. What yeah. does that tell you? Right. I told you about that in our first phone call. Yeah. I mean, that because that's that's the issue uh, that I keep running into is folks say, well, do we do we get an insurance policy and how big should it be? And what do we insure? And what I mean, then I don't know. That, you, you, to answer your question, we're actually working on it. That answer cannot be answered. Do you understand it? OK, it can yeah. be assessed again. Self-insurance is a form of insurance. Let's put it this way. You can't afford to buy the insurance you really need. Oh, for sure. So what you do, what you do, what, but this is what we train you to do in the good ones. We provide your possible maximum losses. How are you addressing that? Let's use a printer arbitrarily, big printing press. You know, I have one of these as customers. They got hacked. So this is a $30 million printer and they print out financial documents. Okay. For a very large company. So that thing got hacked, got shut down. And they hacked it when they're about to print it for their largest customer it begins with an F. 
So they're you got to be you got to be kidding me. So they've got them on the short at the top of the loss, worst case scenario. Okay, peak worst case, and they they stole the machine. They have all the leverage, don't they? So if you're not securing that machine, I'm not covering you. It's like putting a sprinkler system in. Wait a minute. You have all kinds of gasoline in here. What did you do to segregate the gasoline away from the rest of your building? Well, we put them in 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 in, in containers far from everything. But the it's, part of the thing too, right, is that they're so back to your thing with the printer. Like, let's say I'm insured for the printer, I'm good to go, I've done all the stuff, and then up oh, there was a a critical vulnerability that came out Tuesday. I got hacked Tuesday night. There's no line in the sand or no regulatory thing that says you were good up to the last 90 days. Therefore, this is okay. like, how does that work? Because it's so that could be, that, that, there's our, there, are, there are techniques for that it would be called a 90 day reporting event. If the CV is not addressed in 90 days after the 91st day, you're not covered. Sorry. And that has to be in the policy, right? That because right it, now there's, it, no, there's no there legislation are, that says that that's the thing. No, but t- technique wise, think bigger here. Other yeah. policies, which we currently write, have those techniques. We, we uh, newly reported is what it's called. It's a newly reported provision. Sometimes it's 90 or 120 days. So we could have put in 90 days, you know, newly reported. We would have covered you. But I can tell you right now, we're not paying full indemnity limits. Oh, we lost 200 million bucks. Well, I'm, I'm going to cap you at 10 million or 5 million. I'm picking a number because we can't afford to do it. That's what I'm telling you. Full indemnity is going out of the building. It's not even reasonable. So the problem with a cyber loss is cash flow. You need cash to deal with the issue because you got to take old dollars to put to a new problem you didn't assess for. That's why you need it. That's what we're fixing. So I mean, there's organizations like you guys that are trying to do it right and are trying to actually make this where it's better for your customers and, and the, the industry in, in, at writ large. But the the average person on the street or the small business owner that like people like myself talk to they're not understanding how any of this applies and whether or not they are actually going to get paid if something goes wrong. How, how do we address that better? Well, they're get, getting paid. You got to pay a premium with new risk requires new premium. That's so sure. everybody better get figured out that your existing policy is never intended to cover you. I will tell you the policies were written wrong and could cover you, but you've got an uphill fight to do that. The insurance carriers should, should need to fix this. I'm telling, I've told them that for years. I'm all over LinkedIn on that. It's nothing new. Yeah. So we have to address the problem. They, the regulators haven't done anything. I've gone, I've had shouting matches with them and they are not addressing the issue. So there's an accountability issue here. Okay. No one's admitting the liability. You're, you're, you as in the public are saying, wait a minute. The only thing you can do at this point is send a reservation of rights letter to your to your client to your insurance carrier for every policy you have, saying I do not I I know I have cyber liabilities. There is inside the policy you have, they have inspections right to inspect and duty to inspect. No one's been to your business, have they? No one's Never. done that. They send auditors for your for your general liability and workers comp, don't they? Well, that's an inspector. What did did they ask you a question? Does not a, well, not a you one. only you only see your broker in the beginning of the year, the new and the renewal. Where are the other three hundred and sixty three days? Uh, probably chilling on the golf course. I mean, I don't know. Well, the the brokers know that this is a problem. They, I can tell you, I talked to many of them. They're starting to come around because they're the ones that are going to get so sued because what's going to happen? Wait a minute. You sold me this piece of whatever. You like the adjective. You can add them. You know, but the, the fact of the matter is if it doesn't work, why am I buying it? Why aren't you telling me uh, a managed service that you know could fix this problem? 
you, if you're going to sell cyber, you better damn know cyber or know someone who knows it. Well, we at Observatory took the time to, we actually created a concierge approach. Nobody even knows who to call at the time of a loss in the small business. Nope. We, we built out the cyber concierge. We got the consults. Just it's 250 bucks a year to just, just have that. Well, that's a transfer into risk of knowledge, isn't it? I've had this problem. And the funny part about cyber, they very often have time barring deductibles. Well, they won't pay you for the first 24 hours. Do you know how fast you need to get on a cyber event? Oh, Boom, like that. Yeah. And now it's by law. I, I, I mean, the reporting provisions are like five days. Five days? That's five days too late. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, we're looking at some numbers. If the small business world, the SBU world, uh, really better be nervous. And every bot policy on the planet, which is a business owner's policy, um, is at risk because there's no exclusionary wording. You're going to see operational technologies inside businesses, whether that be a pizza oven. I don't have to steal one pizza oven. I can steal them all. Sure. Because if I attack the OEM, right? And I find out that unit, that model number is in all these places. And I find a frailty. All I need to do is find out we, what it is. We call that digital trigonometry. We know, we know, but there's no range issues here. I posted about it yesterday. So then, I mean, what would you, what would you tell somebody that they should do in this context? Like if I'm, if I'm a business and I'm trying to get cyber insurance or I think I need it, what do I do? What's the right thing? Get, get somebody who's not your IT guy because your IT guys, and no offense to them, they do a great job, but they only know what they know. Yeah. So that if you have, you call your IT professional post loss, he is in self-preservation mode. Oh, nothing happened. Really? Well, I want to know what he did prior. So you bring in a third party to do an assessment. It's going to cost you, but it's a form of insurance. You're transferring risk to knowledge, knowing to know. People are not taking their – there's no more victims in cyber. I'm, we're, we're, we're done with that. And I'm sorry, small business people. What you just went through with COVID, you're going to go through it again with cyber, but much faster. So then you, your, your uh, professional opinion is folks should be doing real assessments all, before they you know, move down that, that path. So they know they where they're at. They know what they got to defend. They can actually Correct. be accurate. They, nobody knows their own business better than the guys who run the business. So you got to look at your tractor. I, I was at a farm in um, out in Arkansas with a farm. It was a John Deere tractor. John Deere tractors are all connected. Do you really want to connect a tractor in August when it could get hacked in August when you're about to do? Mm -mm, no, you don't. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the the. How do you defend what you don't know about? And then when you're, how do you sell sell? Oh, how do you tell your yeah. your risk is accurate? Well, in the case, in the case, well, it's the reservation of rights isn't even just the insurance carriers. It's to the OEM. So John Deere has this right to repair provision. Farmers who are the most resilient people you ever met, they can weld anything. They can do yeah. anything, build anything. Oh, yeah. They're under the right to repair. They can't even fix their own tractors. There is not enough people to fix the tractors if a systemic event happens. You're not going to eat. You want to talk about supply chain issue? Everybody's talking about JBS and food. Take out the tractors, you ain't eating. Yep, that's it's going to die in the field. Yep. How many OEMs do we have in that world? A lot. No, yeah. excuse me, very few. I was going to say you got John Deere and Caterpillar. Well, you got uh, you got a couple of Ferguson, Master G yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is this is not a moral hazard to the OEMs. Yeah. It's that they're accountable for. Everybody is so busy selling, promoting convenience, but they're giving up security. Yeah. Right. And the insurance and carriers can stop this, saying, "You know what, John Deere, we're not going to allow that." I mean, I know of, <clears throat> I work in the medical world too. On for we won't insure certain drugs. Because we know they're going to kill people. Any anybody who's on the opioid thing is getting their ass handed to them. Well, we got a lot of opioid sales in cyber. I can tell you that much. 
Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So what and what better industry to vet those things and say and, and take the wheat from the chaff, pun intended. Yeah, I mean, that's part of my issue is I can I can tell you with data analytics telemetry unequivocally what my actual defensive posture looks like and whether or not that's accurate for the risks and threats that I'm facing. But that doesn't come into the conversation. And I mean, I'm I'm saying that from personal experience, like I I have my own cyber insurance. I had to buy it. I've worked with companies trying to. That doesn't come in the conversation, like you said. I mean, and we talked about it. It's a lot of Kentucky windage, and then somebody's issuing a policy. Well, we call it this. Exactly. Do you yep. know what TL? Do you know what TLR is? No. That's about right. <laughs> that looks about right. Okay, scary. All right. Um, well, I love to keep these things short. And I know you've got other stuff to do. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, Jerry Kennedy, who knows more about insurance than any five people should have to know. Um, thanks no, for telling no, me what okay. you can, and it's super valuable. Well, I mean, if they want to reach out to us at Observatory, they can get on to uh, observatorystrategicmanagement.com and get on there and get assessments. If we, we'll, We're not the people that do it. I'm not, I'm not an IT and OT professional. What we have done is we source the engineers, the physicists, the quantum. We looked at the people and we vetted them. So we're taking those things into the industry right now. We're vetting them to see if we actually take it together. If you know what the tech stack is, the OSI model, Jace. Yep. So what? So if you, if you want to think about us as a, a deck of cards when we were kids, you take 26 cards or 26 cards. We take the OSI stack and then we take the legal stack and zip them together and we got a new set of 52 cards. That's what we're doing out there because the legal stack is, is, is the part where, wait a minute, isn't that where insurance is supposed to help me? Right. It's And by the way, it's way more than cyber. You got to remember when these events happen, they're, ha they're hitting contractual liabilities. How many of these board members are, are in court right now having class action events? Yeah. All of them. And they're not meeting the business judgment doctrine. That means their personal assets at risk. We are warning them very hard that the um, – the boards of directors, if things go kinetic, all you got to think is union carbide, where 16,000 people died and 500,000 people are injured for four generations. Wow. You're going, your personal freedom at risk. And the scale of this is, is almost inconceivable. Gas problem happened yesterday. Yeah, big problems. Yep. Awesome. You got to remember what you can't, cyber has no range, no range issues. We don't have to worry about the curve of the earth or gravity. It's infinite. Well, it is no, it's not because I mean you can if you if you put up the barriers, sure. the the cyber bullets gonna can bounce off. It's just about what you do, and yeah. if you have if you have what we call the ADT effect, is it go get the guy next door because you're better at the guy that, that the next door. They haven't the the hackers have an ROI model. Believe me, they do. They're not they're not gonna waste your time because they got too many easy targets out there, and unfortunately, it is the small business owners. That's. Perfect. I want to leave it right there. Jerry, thank you. Enjoy the sunshine. Looks like you're outside. Have a good evening, man. All right. Thank you. Disclaimer, the information in this podcast episode, aka episode, is provided for general information purposes only. By listening to this episode, you understand that this is not specific technical guidance from the host. No information contained in this episode should be construed as security advice from the author, host, or guest, nor is it intended to be a substitute for security advice on any particular subject matter? No listener of this episode should act or refrain from acting on the basis of any information included in or accessible through this episode without seeking the appropriate technical or other professional advice on the particular facts and circumstances that are discussed. This podcast is for informational purposes only. 
All views expressed therein are those of the host and his guest and should not be considered as being endorsed by nor related to the host or the guest's employers.